Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. All right, guys, we're back with our friend Megan O'Donnell for the second, I think we called it House Size Happy Hour. We were just talking about like, we don't know what the fuck this is called. <laughs> but yay, we're back. Yay. We Thank are you for back coming, together Megan. again. We're, this is going to be like a super shady episode because we're just like digging up all the dirt on all of the Beverly Hills like legal drama, which is kind of perfect because I feel like, okay, we're we're in between part, wait, sorry, do we just have part one or part two of the Beverly Hills reunion? That I don't even remember. part two where okay, they just started exposing it. They just exposed it all, mentioned it all. Mentioned um, it all. Yeah, and so they started like talking about all these lawsuits and stuff. So this is actually your idea, Megan, to talk about like Beverly Hills legal drama. And I just happen to have a nameless source that from which I'm able to get like certain legal documents. Listen, this is not anything that is not like public knowledge, okay? It may be like stuff that you'd have to like dig, dig really, really, really <laughs> deep to get. But <laughs> you might have to know a guy. You might have to know a guy. Um, I probably will maybe cut out a few things to put on the Patreon, but um yeah, it's I've I've been assured that I am not like crossing any lines here legally. I'm allowed to repeat all of this information. So just everybody well, calm down. Isn't it all like public record? I feel like if anything's yeah, like it's on all... the internet where you can find it, like isn't that well, fair game? I didn't really find all this information on the internet, but... Oh, um, yeah, I forgot you know a guy. Oh, I know yeah, I know well. a guy, but as I've been <laughs> counseled, um, okay, it, unless a legal case... Like, listen, if you go to, like, let's say I sued you for, I don't know what I, what I sued you for, um, 
defamation. Sure, defamation of character. Okay, mm-hmm. when you go to, like, let's say we go to, like, the L.A. court downtown, when I, like, about the paperwork, like, that goes into a system, which, like, pretty much anyone can look up. And I, I think maybe if you were, like, a public person, you may have to, like, pay money to look it up. But if you, like, know a person, then maybe you don't have to pay money to look it up. Um, I could kind of, like, DLC you paying, like, $600 for this information, <laughs> though. Like, I could see you being, like, I put it on my card. I put yeah, it on my, it my secret Amex that my husband doesn't yeah. know about. It's my work account, so it's like a business. <laughs> I could write it off, I think. I had to stop using, like, our... We have, like, a joint business for, like, my husband's business, joint business credit card, like, from Chase, and I had to stop using it for certain stuff for the podcast because he actually, like, looks at that, and he would be like, <laughs> wait, what is this? Like, what is... It? And, like, for our House of Hilton book, he's like, why are you buying so much stuff off Amazon for the business? He's like, you don't even like come to my office. Like, what do you buy? I was like, it's just stuff for my podcast. Okay. Posted highlighters. These things add up. I'm not putting this on my personal, like business expense. $500 on Amazon.com. I'm like, it was posted. (laughs) I'm like, you should see how many people listen to those damn episodes. You're welcome. Oh my God. So anyways, my point being (laughs) is that like, if anything is entered into the court system, unless this is what I was told. Okay. Unless the case has been sealed, like anyone can have access to it. So that's, that's what's going on. Okay. So we're going to, so the one that we have like the most knowledge about is obviously Pecan Dorit because that's just a whole fit show. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Mauricio and his like, situation but um i figured we'd start off with denise richards because she doesn't really have that much going on but as i was just telling you i did want to at least mention it because okay a couple things with denise this season like she you like denise this season right yeah i thought she was like a ray of sunshine i thought a lot of the other women really came in putting on a lot of airs and i think we saw that in the reunion where kyle's like we don't talk about certain things on the show it's like well why does beverly hills just like lie about everything and it literally is just a bunch of actor wannabe actors on this show rather than actually real friends exposing their life exposing the real things happening and that's what we're doing on this show Right. Well, like exposing the real things. Like how, why does Luann have to literally like show herself doing her, what is it? Her, um, probation, like community service, but then like on Beverly Hills, like God forbid we even bring it up. Like it's a total, like basically Kyle, you're like, shut up because over in New York, like over in New York, Luann is not even Luann. Like I mean, I get that Bethany can't talk about a lot for her divorce because, like, it's a divorce and whatever. She doesn't want to, like, fuck herself. But, like, pretty much everyone on New York talks about their shit and shows it. A lot of the franchises now, I feel like, are at, you know, in a good place. At least, like, Potomac and Dallas, Jersey. Like, they are actually throwing real conversations on the table. Whereas Beverly Hills, we're talking in circles about a dog. You know, we're talking in circles (laughs) about... Erica not wearing underwear like you know that's really like that's only it doesn't go deep and I think you know viewers at this point are kind of getting sick of that where it's like so there's nothing 
there's no real friendship. This is all fake. You guys all just hate Lisa Vanderpump and it's all you can really talk about. <laughs> like it makes the show really boring. Then right. you kind of think of all the things that are actually happening in these people's lives that would be riveting television. Right. Right. So this, okay. So this leads me to my point about Denise. Okay. So if I can't remember if I never can remember what I talk about on the Patreon and what I talk about on the regular show. So, um, I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the Patreon, but my, my personal feelings about Denise, I, I I'll just sum it up really quickly. Um, used to be her daughter's teacher way, way back in the day. And she was fine, but she was like overall, like without getting into too many details, like kind of just like dismissive. However, the caveat that I always give is that at the time we didn't know it yet. It, the divorce with she and Charlie came out like maybe a year after this or whatever. But at the time, like she was going through it with Charlie Sheen. So like, I'm willing to give her a pass for that. You know, if you have to be married to Charlie Sheen, like it's probably some pretty dark shit. So Seriously. Um, I'm willing to give her a pass for that. But the fact that she, and listen, I've never heard anything like horrible about her. Um, I've heard from a couple people like, oh, she's like a little bit bitchy or whatever. Um, and oh, I did talk about this on the Patreon too. Um, I know someone who used to be Charlie Sheen's attorney and I did talk about some stuff that about her past that I don't think she's very, um, upfront about. I'll just leave it at that. Um, but I don't know why it kind of, and I did like Denise this season, but it kind of bothered me that everyone is like, Oh my God, she's so honest and putting everything out there. Like, mm, like I wouldn't give her that much credit yet. Like I get that she's like, she doesn't really give a fuck about like, you know, looking like putting as much effort in as like, you know, Dorit does with Dorit's stupid outfits. Um, but as we are going to talk about in this like legal situation or multiple legal situations, I don't think that, I think that her whole like air, like, oh yeah, I'm an open book. I'm going to talk about Charlie's prostitutes. Like mm-hmm. the only reason she's talking about that is because he's come out and said it. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah, but okay. We can joke about that, but we can't joke about how you really got into the industry. And we can't joke about your adopted. Not that I want to say anything bad about her adopted child. I think she's a great mom, but like, I feel like there's a lot of people who know like the truth about these things that it's just, I don't know. I I feel like she's a little bit like pulling the wool over, but everybody's eyes. And I think that not that I'm defending Camille because Camille is Camille, but I do (laughs) think it is this last, the part two reunion when she and Camille really started going at it. They're both like from the Malibu Palisades area. It's a very small area. And I think that I'm, I'm totally guessing on this, by the way, I'm guessing that Camille probably is aware of everything that I'm kind of not talking about in a roundabout way. Yeah. You're like, you're like dangling a carrot in front of like my face. I'm like, (laughs) what is she talking about? I'm like, I need to know. Like, (laughs) yeah, I didn't realize Denise had like issues. Like we were talking earlier that like she had like, 20 something K to Amex this year. And then also was in a dispute with a Malibu equestrian center where she has a horse and supposedly fell behind on payments of over $47,000. I feel like when you're like 
you know, rich and then you start losing money, the first thing that goes is your horse care, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, so I was, so I was looking at my, um, legal paperwork and yeah, I mean, one of the, I forget when Denise and Charlie's divorce was like final, final, but even up until like 2015, um, cause he started having issues with money, like a cu- with, I mean, a couple years ago, it's been going on for a couple years now. And even that's been in the news that like her child support got decreased a lot, whatever. Um, because, and one of the things like there's this, this tutoring service sued them, which is like actually really sad because they said that they only owed them like, I think it was like $5,000 or something. And so they were suing them for five grand, which I was like, wow, that's kind of, Ooh. that's dire straits when you're, yeah. um, when you're suing them for five. But then the most recent one, okay, so this was July 2018, and this season of Beverly Hills started filming in, what was it, like August? August or September? So I'm thinking this is also one of the reasons why she joined the show, because she needed money, um, is in July 2018, City National Bank, which is just, I think it's only in Southern California, but it's like an independent bank, like but it's like Chase, whatever, like that. Yeah, it's for um, all like the like musicians and actors and like really wealthy people have their money. When I like was yeah. at, when I worked at a business management firm for musicians, like we exclusively banked with CMB because like I guess they just like understand. Yeah, they're like money, huge in the yeah, like everybody in the entertainment industry banks there. Um. Anyways, so they they are suing Denise Richards and apparently her company called Lipstick and Heels Inc. Um, I don't know. I guess that's kind of a cute name, but whatever. Um, anyway, they are suing her because she um, defaulted on payment. I'm trying to scroll down and see what the actual amount was. It was pretty high, um, but she defaulted on a loan to City National and then she also um defaulted or sorry this is this is Charlie but Charlie I guess Charlie and Denise had a joint um Amex block card that they defaulted on because they're being also sued by um Centron Bank which is the block card bank um anyway so that's like not great so and then the other thing is and I think they mentioned this oh yeah Andy mentioned this in the in the part one of the reunion he's like so why was it like a big deal to rent a house or whatever and Denise is like it isn't a big deal I don't think it's a big deal to rent a house either I think why people wrote it and they were like why not just be honest about it was because in the show she made she spoke about it as if it was her house like she wasn't really like oh yeah we're renting this house whatever but she so I guess she her house in Hidden Hills was um, on the market. It just sold, I think, like in December. Um, but and we don't know where Aaron was living before that. And I he was to, definitely living like in a trunk somewhere. Like for you know, sure, he's, for sure, he does not have a home. Oh, absolutely, he's a not. drifter, a totally grifter, a, a grifter. grifter. Yeah, totally a grifter. <laughs> and I talked before on my Patreon about like where allegedly he came from and why he ended up with Denise and his fucking like healer or bullshit healer business that like they're setting up some whatever bullshit business in Malibu. Um, so I don't know. I mean, nothing like super scandalous with Denise, just like she kind of reminds me of Tori Spelling in a way, like with all of her financial problems. Um, nothing super scandalous there. I just think that 
she's going at like if she's going she's I feel like she's like over defending Dre a little bit and she's going against Camille and I feel like when she comes back that next season it might bite her in the ass because it's like if you're gonna throw stones like you know anyone could look into your shit you know well, evidently not on this show. No one's going to throw your dirty laundry. Well, unless you're Camille. Well, I think that's what made Camille really commendable this season. You know, right. she came in guns blazing. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. her delivery wasn't always the kindest or, you know, in the, you know, the best situation or, you know, obviously you could falter for a lot of things, but she was saying the truth. And right. the fact that Andy on part two of the reunion finally, 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 finally addressed like, you know, Dorit getting chased around by that woman. Oh my in God. The I was screaming like, at my TV. I was like, finally. I was so glad that they actually did that because, you know, yep. us as viewers, like we know what's going on in like the real world, which is literally why right. my podcast exists is for this exact reason where we talk about these types of things where it's like, Oh no, this major thing is happening in this person's life, but don't worry. We'll never see it on TV. We're just going to mm-hmm. sit around and watch Teddy fucking go camping. And like, <laughs> you know, talk about like, talk about, I don't even know. Literally can't even tell you one thing she talks about. I know. I know. Being all in. Yeah. Being all in. In what? <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, yeah, I don't know. I think that we're going to have to wait and see with, with Denise. I think that I really, my one worry for Denise is I really hope that this fucker Aaron, I just, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And I really hope that he doesn't fuck her. Like fuck her Uh, over. Yeah, I, really I know. So. I'm like, they fuck like six <laughs> to seven times a day. Like she made that very clear. She, I looked into someone was like, how do you look so good? And she's like, sex and exercise. I was like, love that. Okay, then. Um, yeah. So <laughs> let's move on to Mauricio. Um, we all know my feelings about Maurice or uh, not so Mauricio. I love Mauricio. He's a he's a very nice, very nice guy. Um, we all know my feelings about Kyle. Um, and again, on my Patreon, I did like a deep dive into Mauricio and a a friend who had a lot of dirt on him and some, some, some skeezy things that he's done in the past. Um, so I don't think it's that much of a shocker that there's some skeezy stuff going on now. And I did find, okay, so going back to the reunion part two, okay, if we look back to Kyle's past, like on the show, I mean, whenever she has these like really, really intense visceral reactions to something and she gets like super, super defensive, it usually turns out that she's having that reaction because what the person is either saying or accusing her of is true. Absolutely. There's got to be a grain of truth. And that's like, I mean, it's defense. It's a defense mechanism to mm-hmm. defend her family. She turns into like, you know, like mom bear, like protect her family. And I get that. But Andy was asking her a question and she couldn't even acknowledge it. So yep. the entire situation, just for people who aren't aware, there's a situation where Mauricio and his company, the agency were sued by this thing, this company called Sweetwater Malibu who owned this mansion. But even like, this is the oddest story like when I was reading like just information about this, I was like, what is happening? So a yeah. lawsuit was filed in federal court. Uh, the vice president of Guinea, Tedoro Nunguima Obiang, uh, claims that Mauricio tricked him into selling a mansion 
for less than it was actually worth. But like, so that whatever real estate shady, but the government of Guinea sees the Malibu estate from this dude, Todoro, who then, you know, struck a deal with the department of justice to have the sale of this mansion go to Guinea. But Mauricio took like Mauricio got the money. Like what? Okay, so I I was really confused by this too. And so I had to consult my um, go-to source who's like in this world because I was like, I don't fucking understand what's going on. And she actually had to get her um, assistant who is very helpful. So he, and he like knows everything about everybody. It's a little scary. Anyways, so, um, okay. So this is my understanding that I wrote out in the Word document in like size 82 font that I sent you. Um, okay. So there was first, wait, remind me of one thing when they did the roaring twenties party at that Malibu house. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. That was, was this mansion. Was it this past season? No, that was two, three seasons ago for sure. Cause Lisa Vanderpump was there. Kim Richards was there. I feel like I saw Kim Richards like fall down the steps. Like, yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. but you don't forget that. Okay. It was a while ago. Okay. So yeah, that's the house that we're talking about. So, okay. And a bunch of things, there's also like a bunch of like moving pieces in this story that makes it even more complicated. Um, so yeah, first of all, this guy who's the vice president of Guinea in Africa, he also is like, not like totally on the up and up. Like he's doing some shady kind of shit too. Okay. So he claims that, okay. So in the filing, Basically, what they're saying that happened is um, he owned this house, right? And he, the, the Guinea guy. So he owned this house in Malibu and some shady shit was going on with him. And he like had the title transferred to the government so that like he wouldn't be whatever to like cover up his tracks, whatever. So they hired the Guinea guy, hired the agency to list the property and sell it. Okay. So... They listed it at, I don't know what they listed it at, but they ended up selling it for $32 million. But here's where it got shady. And I'm not even going to go into like the president, the Guinea president's like shady shit because I didn't really investigate that. But um, that was like prior to this, as far as I understand. So uh, the listing agents were Mauricio and I don't remember the other guy, but anyways. Okay, the guy that they sold the property to in Malibu, his name is also Mauricio, <laughs> to just make it super complicated. But his name is Mauricio Oberfeld. Okay, so uh, the I'm just going to say the agency instead of Mauricio, so it's not super complicated. Okay, so the agency sells the property to Mauricio Oberfeld for $32 million. Great. Okay, then... um. The agency and this Mauricio guy partner up to flip the property. So they flip the property. I don't know what they added to it, what they did, whatever. But if we go back to that episode of the Roaring Twenties party, there was like a little bit, if I'm remembering this correctly, where Mauricio and Kyle were maybe walking around the property and they're like, yeah, if we do this, if we do this, it'll be better. They're kind of like talking about the improvements that they would make. Okay, so that they went into business with this Mauricio Oberfeld guy, okay? So they flipped the property in a pretty short span of time. I think it's like later that year, which means that, I mean, what could they have done in a year? I don't know, but whatever. Um, 
And then they go around and sell it for $69 million. Okay. I just like the difference in like, you know, like $30 million. Like I just cannot understand what was added. Exactly. So that's why then when this dude from Guinea was like, whoa, 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 dude, you sold my house for $32 million a year ago. Now, one year later, of course, real estate appreciates in value, but not $30 million in a year. And like, also, what could you have done to this house in a year that would have added 30 grand of value? So what the Guinea guy is um, accusing the agency of is he's saying, oh, you were in cahoots with your friend. You knew you guys were going to flip this house. You undersold it. You knew that you could probably get 40, 50 million for it, but you only sold it for 32 million. And all the while knowing you had this like, you know, thing already mapped out in your brain. So that is what they're suing him for because the the Guinea guy is saying, dude, you profited $37 million on top of whatever your cut from the 32 was. And so when Kyle in the reunion was like, my husband's never earned $32 million on a deal in his life. Okay, Kyle, that's not what they're saying. Like we know that we knew, we know that Mauricio's cut from the $32 million deal like, obviously, he has to pay a bunch of fees, whatever. He probably got 3% of the $32 million, and then of that 3%, he probably got, like, half after taxes, okay? But that's still a lot. Like, 3% of $32 million is still a lot. Um, but then what, they're, what he's being sued for is that additional $37 million that he made off the 69 So that's what people are talking about, Kyle, you dumb-dumb. Uh, which of course he wouldn't have even made all the 37 million. But um, anyways, so that's, okay, so that's part of it, all right? So now it's also complicated because, okay, so the guy from Guinea, he's not only suing the agency for, um, he's like, oh, I'm, sur- I'm suing you for libel, for damages, for profits. Like he's, I mean, the list is like very long, okay? But he also went and sued the agency's insurance company, which makes it even like more complicated. And then Mauricio turned around and sued the insurance company too to avoid paying anything else. And the insurance company was finally like, fuck you. The insurance company dropped him. So now the other thing that happened is, and I talked about this on my Patreon before, I'm not going to go into like huge details, but it's not like, Okay, if we rewind way, 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 way back to, I don't remember which season it was. I think it maybe was four or five when I think they were in Hawaii and Mauricio and Kyle were sitting on the beach. She's like, so I've been approached to, you know, start my own company, blah, 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 and leave on Hilton and Highland. And which is what caused the rift between like, you know, little Kathy and all that. Okay, so when he said that, it's not like he just up in one day, like started his own company. He had three other investors. So one of these investors is this guy, Billy Rose, and he last September, so like right after all this shit, sorry, right before, it was either right before or right after all this shit like went down. Like they basically, when you're going to get, when your company is going to be sued for all this, like you kind of know it's coming, right? So mm-hmm. Billy Rose, he was also what they call the broker of record, for the agency, which as my friend's assistant explained to my like kindergarten brain, I was like, break it down for me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure what, 
what what I understand a broker of record is is like okay, let's say the company's Hilton and Highland or whatever. There's one person at the company who like is always on all the paperwork. I think that's what he means. Um, but anyways, the broker of record is basically like if anything should go down, like their ass is on the line. So not only did Billy Rose step down as the broker of record for the agency, he also gave up his real estate license in the state of California. So hmm. which everyone's saying, why do that if there's like you wouldn't just do that? You know what I'm saying? But as my sources have told me, the reason he did that is because he knew this huge ass lawsuit was coming down the pike. And he, one, didn't want his individual name to be on it because obviously he has a family. He has a lot at stake. And two, God forbid this goes like really awry. He didn't want to get, he'd rather step, like give up his license than have his license taken away. Because if you give up your license, you can always get it back later. But if you get it taken away, it's like, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, hey, he's smart. He's a, he is smart. He's a, f- a fraudster. Like he knows what he's doing. He is, <laughs> yeah. He's a- he is smart. So that the um, so he's still employed at the agency, and like at that stupid finale party, that like pretend agency party at the finale party, um, which my friend was at. Like Billy was at that party. He's still with the agency. He's just no longer the broker of record. And he no longer has a valid real estate license, but it doesn't mean that he's not part of the company anymore. So that's why when like the Sweetwater Malibu Inc. or whatever, that's just the LLC that the Guinea guy gave this property's name. Oh God, you know, you're rich when you give your property an LLC, like that is insane. Right? So like, it's crazy. So yeah, so that's why only Mauricio and the agency are listed on it because Billy and the other partners were like, I'm not touching that. So anyways, so there's like, that's why I'm saying this, this case is really complicated because there's like three other things like going on with it too. Um, And then recently Mauricio's attorney filed motion to dismiss the case, but the judge denied it and ruled in favor of the plaintiff saying they have enough evidence to go forward. So that's the most recent news that came out. Um, So that is what (laughs) is going on currently with like Mauricio and Kyle. And also on my Patreon back in like February, I talked about some other like semi-questionable business things that Mauricio has been like questioned of. And also like some, let's just say like sometimes when you move certain money around from accounts to accounts, like it's not on the up and up always. Um. Yeah. For him, I just like I I feel some men, obviously on this show specifically, but just men in general have the capacity to be shady. I mm-hmm. really don't think Mauricio's that kind of guy. Like, I mean, we talked about it even like in House of Hilton when this obviously came up. When we were just kind of talking about their family. Like, I do think he's a family man. I do think he's cognizant of the uh, consequences that come with you know clearly like being shady as hell so like a part of me thinks he wouldn't do it however money is really like greed is such a beast that Mm -hmm. i think it can kind of make a good man do a lot of bad things yeah but i really enjoyed this actually being brought up and hopefully i mean again i don't think we're gonna see any of this play out next year because based on all the women basically banding together to be like 
keep your mouth shut about everything. Right. right. You know, I don't think we're going to get any of that, but it, it, I also find it funny that like Kyle pretends like the agency is hers. Like, I know, that's I what the other thing that's so funny. It's, 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 it's not your it's company, so dude. Like it's like five people's company. Also, like, I understand that, like, your husband started this company. Like, that's amazing. Like, good for him. But it wasn't but she's just always like, him. We opened up 25 locations. I was yeah, like, well, no, you, you didn't. didn't open up. You closed two boutiques uh-huh. while he was opening up 25 locations. Like, uh-huh. let's not get it twisted. Yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, that's the other thing. And also, like, yeah, I don't I don't get that. And then the, uh, there's also, I mean, there's just, I don't know. I, I Let's just leave it at that because I'm going to get myself in trouble. Um, anyway, okay, so moving on to the crime de la crime of, like, the mother of all shadiness. Um, <laughs> okay. There is this portal that one can access to the L.A. Superior Court. And if you type in someone's name, like, any any public information about, like, their cases will come up, okay? So... Someone may or may not have typed Paul Kemsley's name in there. And right off the bat, six cases come up. Dun, dun, dun. He's like, babe, I just had a bankruptcy 2008, babe. That's it. That's it. It's like, um... Oh, my God, that accent's amazing. I know. That actually did sound just like him. Like It I was, really did. It was coming out of my mouth, and I was like, wow. Like, wow. wow. Someone went to BK school. Wow, Bethany, wow. Wow, Bethany, wow. Okay, so I typed out a little timeline because, like, there was just so much information on my desktop, on my computer. I was like, I have to organize this shit because, like, it's my brain's going to explode. Um. So, okay, so I just want to go through, like, a little backstory of PK because I, I feel like not even... I didn't know some of this stuff. Tell me if you did, but... um. Okay, so back in the day, PK used to be a vice chairman of a premier football league in the UK, which as far as I understand, is kind of like how we have like the NBA and the, what's the football one called? The um, NFL. Thank you. Can you believe I need that? <laughs> no, I'm very impressed. Thank um, you. Obviously I'm like a sports connoisseur. Um, anyways, but in, you know how like we call it soccer, but there they call it football and they think Oody. that like we're stupid Americans. Um, cause we are. Anyways. Yeah. I was like, so this is important because this is how PK knows the guy, one of the guys who is currently suing him, Nikos Kruzis. Um, he also <laughs> he also used to work in commercial real estate and like hung out with hedge fund guys and entrepreneurs. I'm assuming this is how he met Lisa and Ken because Lisa and Ken, as we know, love you know we know they love buying things and buying properties and whatever. Um, okay. So then he formed his own business in the 90s, like built it up. He worked with all these hedge fund guys. Like he actually, I think in like the, as, as far as I understand in the mid to late 90s, like actually like was like semi-legit and like actually had money. Okay. He also was married to this woman. Um, I'll get to her name in a second and had three kids. The oldest kid like fell off the face of the earth. We don't know what happened to him or her. The youngest two girls are still alive and well. Um, are still alive. (laughs) 
Let's talk. Don't worry. PK's kids are still alive. Still alive. Um, (laughs) But then allegedly his business started to suffer the financial crisis, like when the stock market fell in 07, 08, whatever. And then he's also known to have gambling problems. Okay. So this all kind of started in allegedly in 2008. I don't even know if I have to say allegedly there's court documents, but let's just play it there. Um, yeah, I don't feel like any like narcs listen to either of our shows. I feel like everyone listening is like, yeah, no, we're not going to tell on them. I I, uh, I feel like it's a circle of trust, but you could never be too safe. I mean, yeah, with your some of your listeners, I yeah, feel exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're getting e- emails and fucking written up. <laughs> um, yeah, podcast so jail. Exactly. Podcast, yeah. Let's just say allegedly. Um, so yeah, allegedly in 2008, um, he placed a large series of bets that he couldn't pay back, which apparently is a pattern for him. Um, and then eventually he was sued for 2 million pounds, which is equivalent to what, like over $4 million, um, because he never paid back those bad bets. So, okay. So now fast forward to 2011 slash 2012. Okay. A slew of things happened. One, he filed for bankruptcy in the UK, listing his expenses at 34000 a month and, had, and said he had personal debts in the amounts of 10 to $50 million, which is quite a lot. Okay. Also at this time, he fled the UK, left his wife and two daughters who were, his daughters were seven and 10 at the time. He had another kid that like, we don't know where he or she is. And he also filed for divorce and moved to the US where he rented an apartment in Santa Monica under the name of his ex-wife, by the way, and rented it from a Persian dude. Now, let me just give everyone a word of advice. If you ever rent an apartment or commercial property from a Persian person, just don't fuck around because they will find you and they will get you. Like, Persian people do not fuck around with this, okay? As someone who has many people in my husband's family who own commercial properties, like, if you don't pay rent, like, they're going to get the money. Like, they don't let that shit go. So, um, yeah. So, July 2012, this is his first lawsuit in the United States that comes up. It was filed in Santa Monica Court. This Persian guy files a suit against PK saying, um, you haven't paid me rent for a year since you've been here and um, I'm going to need that rent from you. And this is the thing, okay? Because the um, the lawsuit, when, you, when it comes up, it's not under PK's name. It's under Lorette Beverly Gold Kemsley. And you knew I Googled who that was. And apparently... Yeah, original Beverly Beach. Oh my God, you're right. Full circle moment. Full circle moment. <laughs> oh my God, that's really creepy. Um, yeah, that's his ex-wife. Why did he... She's never lived here. Why did he rent an apartment in her name? The only thing I can think is if you just file bankruptcy, you don't want people to know where you are. I don't know. Also, um, he might not have been able to get like guarantors so he might have just been using all her information all her tax information social good point good point yeah they probably did a credit check and they're like um sorry 15 million dollars in debt like duh oh my god hello (laughs) do you love how i didn't even think of that um (laughs) okay so that happens all right so now 
between 2012 2013, Pete and Dorit meet. Dorit is living in Miami at the time. She had her old bikini line, just called Dorit. Um, at this time, she also had a Long Island accent, wore her hair in a chip clip, um, had a different nose, even though she adamantly denied that at the reunion this season, which I was like, Dorit, just stop. Just stop digging yourself a hole. Like, people have Google. It is not that hard to do a side-by-side. Like, stop. Um, okay. So now, March 2013, the U.S. Bankruptcy Court initially found against the trustee who applied for Wait, hold on. Da, 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 da. Oh, okay. So, at the, okay, March 2013, he's still de- dealing with his bankruptcy from the UK, right? Well, now the US bankruptcy court gets involved because obviously he, at some point in this, he had to file for citizenship in the US. Um, and many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Chapter 15. I don't know what chapter 15 is, but whatever. Basically got all mucky. Um, and apparently he applied with the U S bankruptcy court to like, I don't know if it was to take over his, whatever, a bunch of shady shit went down with his bankruptcy when he applied to be a citizen here. And I just included this in my notes because, um, someone who testified against him, I guess, who he basically defrauded in the UK was quoted as saying that Kemsley is quote, a bankrupt who doesn't live like one. And I was like, I mean, well, I, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very on brand for that the two tracks of them. as well. Okay, so now also in 2013, the MGM Hospitality Group, which is the company that owns the Baggio Hotel, sue PK for failing to pay off a $3.6 million casino marker. Wow. Yeah. So that started in 2013, okay? So apparently PK had made almost a million dollar in pay million dollars in payments toward this debt but then he filed for bankruptcy and would be and he thought he's like oh well i'll file for bankruptcy and it'll wipe that out yeah the u.s yeah. bankruptcy court didn't allow that because they were like first of all dude you filed for bankruptcy in another country second of all like you accrued this debt after you filed for bankruptcy so no like go fuck yourself okay so now cut to mark 2014 jagger is born <laughs> Those it's, poor kids are gonna in like the US. when PK and Dorit die, like Jagger gets the oh, MS Jesus bills <laughs> and Phoenix gets the fucking MasterCard bill. Like that's Phoenix it. gets like, sued by City National. <laughs> she has to pay like gambling debts. She's like, What? I've never even been to Vegas. <laughs> it just the two of them like have always been like tragic in that way because there's no there's no basis for any of this. Like I was reading one of the exactly. documents you sent and her business partner from Beverly beach by Dorit or whatever, like he literally in the court documents, it's like Dorit Kemsley leading star of the real housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah. PK, like Paul Kemsley, 
also a reoccurring star on the Rojas Housewives Beverly Hills, period. Like, that is his job, like, a reoccurring Oh, yeah, it's under factual, it's under, like, factual basis or whatever it's called. If he had any other type of job, like, that would have been mentioned there. Also, like, what is he doing? Like, he sits in my house all day. The two of them protect uh, Boy George, who's literally, like, if people don't remember, like, Boy George, like, five, ten years ago, literally changed chained a man to a radiator in his house and like sexually oh, assaulted yeah. him for days. Like that's yeah, a shady fucking path. Yes. And Dorit's like, you know who I'm gonna let stay in my house with my kids? Right. This guy. Yeah. Like what? Like she's so backwards with all her thinking and everything is a lie. Her, you know, her her voice, her money. Yep. And I love that Camille is like you're phony. Like you're phony as fuck. Like you might be fun. Like, you might be stylish. You're pretty. Like, yeah, you are those things. But it doesn't mean you're not lying to your friends, lying to America on TV, and, you know, also assuming that we're all dumb enough to fall for it. Right, right, yeah. I'm looking at that part now. It's under factual allegations. Yeah, factual <laughs> allegations. Dorit Kemsley is the leading character on the television series The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Paul Kemsley also appears on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills as a supporting role. As <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. Okay, so back to my little, like, timeline really quick. Oh, um, yes. Okay, so, yeah, so October, da, 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 da. so, yeah, March 14th, Jagga is born. They get engaged. Um, they move into their rental um, on Don Ridge, which, by the way, everyone, I mean, I think Radar Online has printed the documents that say their address. I don't think it's a secret by now, so. Um, and then October 2014, PK and the Persian dude, finally settle the back rent dispute situation, okay? So that went on for two years. That means that when Dorit and Piquet met, like, this shit was still going on. And that's presumably why he couldn't buy a house, why he had to rent this house from their friend Sam Nazarian, because, of course, he could only rent a house from a friend, because who else would rent to him? You know what I'm saying? His ex-wife. Yeah, well, no, he fucked that up, too, because he didn't pay the rent. (laughs) So apparently PK got a payoff quote from the Persian dude. The Persian dude was like, okay, I'll drop the thing if you um, just pay me cash under the table, whatever. He's like, okay, if you're back. Okay. So now March 2015, Dorit and PK get married in New York City. And then that's when I see Dorit and PK at the Miami airport on the way to their honeymoon. Okay. Now, a couple months later is when I see Dorit at Rite Aid buying binge food and pregnancy tests and wearing a floppy hat. So this is when I'm assuming she probably got pregnant with Phoenix. Then, this is what is fishy, okay? September 15th, and I don't know where, I think this was, I don't know if this was said on the show or if it was said in like some uh, article. Oh, it was said in a People Magazine article. According to People Magazine, PK told them that he moved to LA in September 2015. That is not true. He obviously Mm. moved in 2012, 2011. Otherwise, why was he renting that house in Santa Monica and whatever? It's bullshit. Okay. So now, if we go back to 2013, when the MGM Hospitality Group originally sued him, that was two years ago. In 2015, MGM Group is like, all right, it's been two years. Like, we're coming to the... We're coming to grips with the fact that you're probably never going to pay us back. So we'll cut you a deal. Just like a collections agency when they're like, we'll give, if you pay off this much, like we'll call it a day, right? Mm-hmm. So they go to court. They're like, we'll call it a deal. You pay us. I don't know what the amount is. I didn't read that that much into the fine print. 
Um, and PK's, yeah, like, yeah, I'll pay that through, whatever. Okay, but we all know that he never paid them. Okay, so then February 2016, Phoenix is born. December 6, 2016, they come on the show. Okay, so now fast forward to August 2018, this past August. Ryan Horn, who was in the initial investor slash quote partner in Beverly Beach, files for fraud slash negligence against PK and Durate for breach of oral agreement. Okay, so that's this like huge long document we're looking at. Um, and the oral agreement allegedly was okay, so the plaintiff with, was Ryan Horn and advanced apparel of LA Inc. And apparently that's the company that actually makes these amazing Beverly Beach bikinis. <laughs> like they're you know they're flammable. Like seriously don't go like, anywhere <laughs> with like a lighter near them. Do not spark a cigarette. Do not light a candle. You will immediately burst into flames. It's like so like synthetic. You can see it from a mile away. Oh my god, for sure. So under the um under the parties document part of this document, it says <laughs> Um, plaintiffs sue fictitious defendant. And part of it says, as plaintiffs do not know their true names and or capacities. I'm like, oh my God, these people are so fucking like skeezy. Um, okay. Then it says, that doesn't matter. Um, okay. So that, yeah, we've talked about the factual allegations, whatever. Um, okay. So it says in, and or about August 2017, so this is after their first season on the show, Dory Kemsley, Paul Kemsley, which I guess she, I don't know if she's legally changed her name to Kemsley. When I knew her, it was Dory Lamel, but in these documents, it kind of goes in between, so I'm not really sure. Um, and Ryan Horn agreed orally to the following terms, okay? So these were the terms. Dory, Paul, and Ryan would establish Beverly Beach with each one taking one-third membership in the company. Ryan's company would advance Beverly Beach's development, production, and other costs for which Ryan's company would be reimbursed at full wholesale value before any Beverly Beach member would take any money. Hmm. Ryan's company would waive his usual design fee. That was nice. Dorit and PK would market their products. So basically Ryan was saying like, I'll waive my design fee in exchange for you guys getting like publicity from the show. Okay. Yeah. Um, any revenue retained by Beverly beach after reimbursing Ryan would be distributed immediately and shared equally by Dorit, Paul and Ryan Horn. So they're saying, okay, you have to, so Ryan's company was saying, okay, Guys, after like we start making profit, you have to reimburse me for like everything that I fronted. Then after you reimburse me, then the profit is going to be split three ways. Okay. Pursuant to this agreement, Beverly Beach was formed in May 2018. Um, each taking a third, blah, blah, blah. Um, okay, also pursuant to this agreement on February 28th, April 16th, May 23rd, blah, blah, blah. All these dates in 2018, so like a year ago last spring. Ryan's company delivered goods to Beverly Beach. Beverly Beach knowingly accepted these goods and did not claim any defect or return. They were like, yep, we accept these. This is all great. Okay. Well, of course, they're not going to be like, <laughs> thanks so much for this product. Don't worry. We will never, ever 
pay you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So now we go to uh, March, June, March and June of 2018. So like a year ago, Beverly Beach invoices for the wholesale value of the goods that it had delivered to Beverly Beach in a total amount of basically $130,000. Okay. So they get an in- invoice from Ryan for 130 grand. Beverly Beach never disputed any of these invoices. They were like, okay. Um, Ryan's company also advanced an excess of 75000 in order for Beverly Beach to get its expenses, like expenses for trademarking, blah, 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 all this shit. Okay. So now they're in the hole with Ryan. What's 75000 plus one hundred and thirty, like 200000 right? A lot of money. Yeah. So now... That's my math. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so now Ryan is informed to believe and thereupon alleges that Beverly Beach has received in excess of 300000 in revenue. Uh, this is this was filed last in 2018. Okay, so he's like, okay, bitches, you guys earned 300000 You owe me two hundred, so there's no reason why you can't pay me. Now it says, despite demand from the plaintiff being Ryan, Jaree and PK and Beverly Beach have refused and failed to reimburse and or pay Ryanhorn any money. Instead, plaintiffs are informed, believed, and thereupon alleged that Jaree, PK, and Beverly Beach diverted all revenue from sales to their own personal bank accounts. So Ryan's saying, the only reason why you can't pay me, I'm guessing, is because you took all the revenue and you put it in your personal account, not your business account, which is set up like for all three of us. So, okay, so this was filed in, um, uh, oh, and then there's also a second cause of action for intentional misrepresentation, um, which also talks about how, like, uh, um, Dorit and PK allegedly, like, misrepresented themselves and set up a fake LLC um, with intent to deceive the plaintiffs, providing that, um, I mean, it just, like, goes on and on and on. And then there's also a third cause of action, which is a breach of breach of fiduciary duty, which is saying that like they basically hired fake accountants and did like some really shit. Oh, there's a fourth count too. Um, I mean, Jesus Christ. So they have all these <laughs> accounts. And so basically he got this guy, this dude, Ryan, um, Ryan Horn, he files all this shit at the end of last summer because he's like at his wit's end. And he's like, you guys, you like literally you fucking owe me all this money like whatever um uh so and then he has like all the whatever he has all this proof whatever this is all this shit so okay so he files this then cut to okay so that was august of 2018 right then fall of 2018 they're filming in the bahamas and that's when that video came out online and the woman who was chasing him, I don't know if that's Ryan Horn's like wife, if it's his friend, who it was. I don't know if we ever figured that out, but that's what they were referencing, okay? So now, after they get back from the Bahamas, November of 2018 is when they filmed the finale. And that's when the girls were all out to dinner. And this is when Camille calls out Dorit for she's like, you know, a friend of mine, you owe a friend of mine over a million dollars. Okay, I talked about this on the Patreon, like in depth. I'm not going to talk about a lot about it here, but 
in December of 2018, this Nico guy, remember the Nico guy is the guy that um, PK knew from back in the day, back in the UK. He owns mm-hmm. a football team or a soccer team, whatever. He had loaned PK $1.2 million way back in the day. Okay, so yeah, so December, this guy is like, dude, um, I'm finally, he files what is called an ex parte, I think, and which basically means he's coming to the court in December of 2018. He's, and he's like, dudes, I, and it's also a sister state thing, because I guess he does have a residence in Texas, but because PK and Dorit live in California, um, they, he can file it in California. And, um, anyways, so he comes to the LA Superior Court and he's like, dude, these people have not paid me back. Like I'm at my wit's end. And they're like, wow, a lot of people are saying that lately. Um, okay. And then also in January, so a month later, the attorneys for the MGM hospitality group also come back. And cause this is basically <laughs> what happened. Okay. So in the fall, when this whole, like, was it Raider Online that initially published the video of the lady chasing to read around the pool? I don't know. I feel like I just saw it on Instagram. I feel like it was just being like shown through Insta, but obviously it was probably Radar Online. And yeah, I bet Lisa right. Vanderpump did it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so basically PK and Dorit, like, okay, this stuff kind of all was like laying low until all this publicity came up with that video, which I guess Ryan Horn and his whatever, like confidants were smart to do that because then it's like all these other people who you've been kind of you know, playing off for a little bit, they're all going to be like, oh, you owe that person money? Well, I'm coming to get my fucking money. Because listen, the Ryan Horn guy, he hasn't been owed that money that long. Like not as long as the MGM group has been owed money and not as long as this Nikos Kyrsis guy has been owed money. So it makes sense that those two parties would come forward and be like, um, dude, I'm getting my money first before this guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So like None of you guys are getting your money ever. Like ex- let's exactly. stop asking. Exactly. So, okay. So in January, MGM hospitality group attorneys say, dude, you still owe us 1.7 million. We gave you a payoff quote. We were being nice. You said you would do it, but you never did it. So apparently uh, he initially owed the MGM hospitality group 3.6. They basically cut it in half and said, we'll cut it in half, pay us this. We're done. Never did that. Okay. I will just say that Camille referenced at dinner someone she knew was owed over a million dollars from something see my patreon episode that's all i'm gonna say okay so now that happened all right so now april of this year the beverly beach suit is still pending because basically like they set calendar dates all this shit happens whatever so the beverly beach stuff is still like their next court date i think was set for um july or august but that's how like these things go they take forever because the courts you know like are over what's the word like they're bombarded they have like too too many cases but not enough whatever staff um okay so the beverly beach thing is basically still pending and by the way dorit can comment on it because one in all of these documents that i read never once does it say anything about a gag order so she can comment all she wants she's just dumb she's not doing it okay so that's the beverly beach thing that's still pending they're still like um the last Thing about the Beverly Beach. Let me see. Um, oh, okay. So this is the latest update on the Beverly Beach. Okay. So they're saying uh, they had a case management conference um, earlier this year. 
And it says, by stipulation, all parties and counsel are ordered to arrange for private mediation. And I think, didn't didn't uh, Dorit say that they're going through mediation right now? Which basically yeah. the only reason you go through, I mean, you if you go through mediation, it, it does save you money. Um, da, 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 all parties will say that. Oh, okay. So right now they're going through mediation. There is a jury trial scheduled for January 6th, 2020. Wow. 9.30 a.m. So basically everything's just pending right now. They're going through mediation. They're trying to... Basically, if they don't work it out through mediation, then it'll go to jury trial in January. Okay. So that's what's going on with Beverly Beach. Okay. Now, if we cut back to... um, Oh, MGM Hospitality Group. Okay, so they, back in January, they were like, uh, we're getting serious. You really need to pay us back, blah, blah, blah. Um, as of May 2019, so like two months ago, TK finally uh, paid off the MGM Hospitality Group. The actual amount is undisclosed, but from my sources, it is said that it it, it was less than a million dollars. Basically, he got like he... Because you have to, I guess when you do like a payoff agreement, you have to show evidence to the court saying like, this is why I can't pay it off. And so apparently the court was like, yeah, you can't afford to pay 1.7. But, well, I think they basically cut it in half. They were like, you can afford to pay this much. And then he finally paid them off. So the MGM Hospitality Group is all good. And they did issue that statement saying like the Bellagio would love to welcome him back. I don't believe that. But anyways. Okay. So... Besides Beverly, Be- Beverly Beach, the, o- the other one that's still pending is the one with Nikos Kyrsis, okay? So back in December, he filed this ex parte complaint, and he was like, you guys, this is serious. I need my money, blah, blah, blah. Uh, or sorry, he filed another ex parte in June. He was like, you need to pay me now. And that's when he filed the thing saying that he wanted the court to freeze their assets, okay? Ooh. So now... um. They were ordered to show the court all of their financials, which apparently, like, they didn't understand, I guess. Um, PK was ordered. (laughs) They're like, no, we have them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, That's PK failed to appear in court in early June. So then Nikos's attorneys were like, fine, if you don't want to show up, we'll order your wife to come to court. So Dorit was ordered to appear at court in late June. She also didn't show. Her court date was July 2nd, and she was a no-show. So because she was a no-show, the judge was like, fine, if you're not going to show, I'm going to freeze your accounts. So the only account that they were able to get easy access to was her city national checking account, her like regular old checking account. And that um, account happened to have, like I think, like 30 grand in it, and he froze it until September. So their next court date is in September. Now... I don't know if it was on Watch What Happens or if it was on the reunion, but she was like, no, nothing was frozen. Nothing was frozen. Well, I'm staring at a court document that literally says that it was. So I don't know why she's saying that. But um, the well, ju- she's got to deflect. I knew like that was going to be a topic of conversation because that's obviously something Andy is very interested in bringing up. <laughs> For sure. However, um, I thought her answer was really funny. She was so flustered, but you would think like she would know in advance that this is going to be asked of her. Like, let's be real. It's not your first season. It's not your first time on watch what happens live. Like you have to realize like the kind of questions he's going to ask and come in with like a good answer. She was like, don't believe everything 
you see Andy. It's like, uh, girl. And, and then the, my favorite part of all of it is that Andy is such a master interviewer. He's asking her these hardball questions, asking her these hardball questions. And then immediately ask her who the designer of her dress is, which is Balmain. So that dress could be like $6,000. So I think just like the juxtaposition between him being like, so you have no money. And she's like, no. And then he's like, <laughs> And how much, like, and who designed your dress? And, like, a major French designer. You know, you can't be poor and wear Balmain. Like, well, do you think yeah, that so they I, just loaned it to her, though? I don't know. She probably has, like, a Neiman's credit card. That's what I was going to say. And she's going to yeah, return it in a week. She, that Those tags are so taped on the inside of that dress. For <laughs> sure. For sure. No, you know how, like, at Neiman's and Saks, they put that, like, fucking what is it called? That, um, that tag on the bottom when you buy something in store that if you take that tag off, they do it at Bloomingdale's too, I think in Nordstrom. If you take that tag off, you can't return it. I bet she does what I do and she buys shit online so that it doesn't come with the tag. And then she has her assistant go return it to the store. Oh, you're not messing around. You know all the tricks. Oh, hell no. Are you kidding me? I told you I'm married to a Persian. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, where is the thing? But yeah, the little, little, the um. Okay, here I'm looking at the Nikos Kyrgyz stuff. Uh, where is the one from July? Okay, here's the one from July. So she was ordered to appear in court. So I don't know how she can dispute this because this is a piece of paper with their case number on it. That was published from the Santa Monica Courthouse, LA Superior Court, on July 2nd, 8.30 a.m., okay? Um, it says, for the plaintiff, the plaintiff being Nikos Kyrgyz, his attorney appeared. For the defendant, no appearances. So, um, matters called for hearing. Judgment debtor, a.k.a. Dorit, fails to appear. The court has read and considered all documents. Uh, da, da, da. Um... Okay, the matters continued to September 6, 2019. The court extends the temporary restraining order and orders the claimant to appear for a validity hearing. Da, da, da. So basically, she has to come back on, on Friday, September 6th, and it says the levying officer will not release the City National Bank account in the amount of $29,634.10 until further notice from this court certified copy of the signed order counsel so okay i'm looking at a minute order from the santa monica court right now that says that the the court will not release the funds from her account until further notice being friday september 6th so i don't know how she can dispute that i'm gonna like put a calendar notification Notification on Friday, September 6th. I'm like, yeah, like touch base with Dorit and her business manager. I mean, this isn't that far from my house. I had to go to the Santa Monica court to change my name after I got married, actually. It's just like a, you know, it's it's like a couple miles from my house. I mean, I could just run over there on Friday, September 6th at 9 (laughs) a.m. You have like a sign and she's like, what the fuck is happening? I mean, literally, like, anyone can walk into the courthouse, as I learned, because there were, like, homeless people coming in with me. Oh, um, Yeah, like, anyone can fucking walk in there. I mean, you have to go through security, but, like, all they did was look in my bag, and they were like, wow, you have a lot of tampons and hand sanitizer. Um, gotta stay clean. <laughs> so, um, 
So, yeah. So, I don't know why she's fucking saying that, but yeah, that's what's going on with um, Derby and PK. And uh, apparently, they are living off their many credit cards and other accounts that are possibly like in the Cayman Islands, allegedly. Um, oh yeah, that's gonna be a matter of time before that. And I would also just like to leave everybody with this message: if you would like to visit Tariq's Instagram, I would just like to point out. I pointed this out on my podcast too before. Just take a gander at how often um, Tariq is on vacation or in other locations that are not her home. I'd just like to bring that to everyone's attention because I don't know. I just think it's a little interesting. Like if I had a court date, if I got a piece of paper from the LA Superior Court that said you need to show appear in court on July 2nd, like I don't think I'd be going to Mexico. I would probably go. Well, I also think it's like a little bit of delusion. Like as much as I think PK, I mean, not PK, that Dorit is kind of a dum-dum. Like I do think she put all her trust in PK because he's this entrepreneur. He has had successful businesses in the past, whatever. I think she really put a lot of trust in him and still does. So when he's like, babe, everything's okay. She's like, you're right. Everything is okay. And like, doesn't actually say like, no, can I see the lawsuit? Like, can I talk to a lawyer? Like, you know, I don't think she's asking the hard questions because she doesn't want to get the hard answers. Right. 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 She's like, okay, Baba, we can go to Mexico, so I really don't need to go to court today. He's like, no, Baba, you don't need to go to court today. And uh, by the way, we just, I don't know, again, I don't remember if I said this on Patreon or the regular podcast, but also I find it interesting, the timing of their faux office just up and leaving, which I know it was only um, subleased for like a couple months, but I also find that timing just kind of interesting that they like up and left there real quick. Yeah. It's like my dude, when you don't pay rent, you can't work or live somewhere. Like, I feel like that is like, you learn that maybe in, in third grade. Like I I just feel like (laughs) some people act as if like, there's no consequences to their behavior. It's like these things will catch up to you. And also when you decide to go on a television show, all the skeletons in your closet are going to come out. Again, when people start realizing this. Reference Teresa and Joe. Like, when she, she was just shopping, spending so much cash, like wads of cash in her purse, like buying, you know, $40,000 worth of furniture in one shop. I'm like, oh my God, like this is, this is crazy. And obviously, yeah, it was all blood money. And right. you know what? They get to live this fabulous life. Well, they take money and food off the table of the people who are actually doing the work mm-hmm. to give them the things. Like at least for, you know, to read situations that Ryan guy, it's like he gave them $200,000. He gave him time and energy and his livelihood yep. and gets nothing out of it. Exactly. And the two of them get to live this fantasy world and, you know, are so fabulous and traveling. And it's like, no, wake up. You yeah. get things that you earn. Like you don't just wake up one day and say, oh, well, I'm a millionaire and I live in a big fancy house and I wear a lot of hair clips now. <laughs> like <laughs> her hair clips. I'm sorry, but those hair clips still look like she got them at Rite Aid to me and she fucking hot glued some like gems on there. I swear to God, she just went and got the goodie hair clips from Rite Aid. She like had her assistant go to Michael's and get some like little sparkly things and was like, can you please 
glue gun these on for my hair, like for the reunion. Like, so oh my God, I'm sorry. But yeah, and I don't know. The other thing is like, I'm pretty sure that her kids, I don't know how she's paying her nannies, but I'm pretty sure her kids either like live with her parents or whatever. But like, that's also like, that's the other thing. You can't go on. This is the other, I mean, there's many reasons why I think that her kids are like living in some apartment with her mom and a nanny because I know where her kids go to preschool, not because I'm a stalker, because I have a friend whose kids go to preschool there. And she told me that her kids go to preschool there. Um, but I know, and it's like, it can be year around. You can, your kids can go to school year around there. But also this preschool is 24,000 a year. So if you're paying 20, wow. I mean, that's like normal for preschool in LA. So I don't know if that I sounds like forget the school districts in LA, like the public school system isn't, well, this is just for yeah. preschool. Like we don't have public preschool. Actually city of Beverly Hills does have public preschool, but, um, their house isn't in city of Beverly Hills. It's BHPO. So they couldn't go anyway, but anyways, wow, it's so, it's crazy. So, yeah. So preschool, like you have to go to a private preschool, but they're all like our temple, the preschool, I think is like 22,000. But because we're members, we would get a $1,000 discount. Like, woohoo. Wow. 1000 I know, right? And if you have a sibling, then you get like another grand off. It's oh, <laughs> my God. Wow. But anyway, my point is, if you're paying 24000 a year to go to a preschool, would you be taking your kids out like every couple of weeks to go on vacation? Like, probably not. So that's the reason why I think that like her kids are probably just like with her mom and like one nanny, like most of the time. And God only knows where she is like staying and all this stuff. And we know that like, we know that part of the contingency of their rental agreement with Sam Nazarian is that they have to be out of the rental house. Like basically whenever he says, if he has like a commercial shoot or for instance, if he wants the the house to be on million dollar listing LA. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Is truly a house built on lies. I don't understand it. And honestly, at this rate, it's like, it's not even fun to watch because it's just going to be a sad demise. And that's not really fun to watch on TV. And in six years when PK's in jail, the same way that Teresa's husband is, Mm -hmm. like, it's going to be like, we're going to be like, ha ha ha, like, told ya. Like, how did you not see this was going to happen? Yeah. Exactly. Well, that was an uplifting episode. I know. I think this might bring us to the end. (laughs) I feel like we've really gone through, like, this is, like, I took business law and business law two in college. I think this is more work I've ever done than any of, like, my course load. (laughs) Reading these, like, legal documents. Yeah. I'm, like, putting my glasses on. I'm, like, getting a highlighter. I was just highlighting all in the PDFs because I was like, I'm not wasting paper to print all this shit out. But um, yeah, I was texting my uh, friend who shall remain nameless. And I was like, what the fuck does this mean? What does this mean? And I feel like he was like, dude, like just fucking go to law school at this point. But we're going to be like legally blind. Like what? Like it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm trying to think. Of the current cast of Beverly Hills, I think the only ones without like any legal drama are Lisa Rinna and Camille. Yeah, I know Camille was in that assault case with 
one of her ex-boyfriends for a while, but that has been figured out at this point. I think she like settled and won some cash. Well, and also but, obviously her divorce, but her divorce, I'm pretty sure it's like, that's done. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely done. That's done. Um, and Lisa Rinna, like I've never, the only thing that I think ever was like quasi shady, which obviously they came out like, you know, they weren't found of anything was um, their store. Like they had like a series of robberies in their store or something, but that was like 10 years ago. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Erica Jane, her husband is going through some shit situation is interesting too just to quickly yeah. touch on it it's like what he like loaned someone loaned him 16 million dollars he wasn't paying it back now i think he's paid it back and now i think um he has like seven million dollars left to pay in the next month or so yeah but, you know he's actually got a source of income right. he's got real money they've got real money like regardless of what the $60 million loan is. It's like, yeah, well, she does live a very luxurious life and that's not cheap. And period. That's not cheap. Like she'll never not be spending money. We don't know if this, if this is uh, like personal or if it's under his, one of his businesses or if it's under one of his, you know what I mean? Like that's the thing was when you have like such, so much money and you have all these like DBAs and LLCs and all this shit, like, and you're moving and I'm not, I'm totally just like hypothesizing all of this, but, and you know, like when you have that much money and you're like moving money around and doing different things, like people can, it's easy to, I want to say it's like, it's, it's easier to become a target almost because it's like, and especially when like someone on your family's on a TV show and you're like somewhat flaunting it, then whoever is, you know, like handling this money or, whoever feels like they're owed something like it just makes it that much easier for them to be like whatever whatever so I don't know but yeah I don't know we will we will see the third installment of the union should be interesting I hope that Camille comes back out onto the hot seat or whatever and I know that a bunch of people listen Camille can be a snake she can but I do have to say like I honestly, I don't think that she's like some of the, some of these things that she's accusing people of. I don't think she's just pulling them out of her ass. Let's just say that. No, I don't think she's lying. That's can we all agree that like had Camille not kind of like said her two cents or kind of like gone a little wackadoo, like what would this season have been? What would this season have been? Snooze fest. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, as far as I'm concerned, Camille has earned her diamond. I completely agree. Now, let the hate tweets begin. How can you side with her? You're so biased. You're always so biased. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. This has been so much fun. For your listeners, please tell everyone where they can find you and blah, 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 all of that. Definitely. I mean, wait, did I say for your listeners? I meant for my <laughs> listeners. <laughs> well, definitely listen to my show. Bravo happy hour comes out every Monday and Thursday. It's a Bravo news show. So it's basically like E news, but we only talk about Bravo people. Jess has been a guest a bunch of times. It's always a great time when you come on. You actually have to come on again. We haven't done like a news show in a minute. I know. I know. We've only, we've only been doing like exposés. 
which is very fun. I do love that. And yeah, you can follow Bravo Happy Hour on Instagram at Bravo Happy Hour or follow me personally at meo.nyc. I don't really post anything fun though, so <laughs> just letting you know now. <laughs> All right, well, this is really fun. Thanks so much for listening to Bravo Happy Hour. If you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts to leave a quick review and a five-star rating. And while you're at it, head to Instagram and follow at Bravo Happy Hour to talk with fellow listeners on the episode's discussion posts. Also, feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any super juicy gossip or just to say hi. Be sure to tune in every Monday and Thursday for more of your favorite Bravo-related news. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.